Welcome, everyone, to a special Friday edition of Greg Gabriel Talks Football. My name is Aldo Gandia, and lots of news coming out of Hallis Hall. About an hour ago, we learned that Larry Ogunjobi failed this physical, but new general manager Ryan Poles acted quickly. We'll talk to Greg about that and about some of the other new acquisitions. Let's bring him in now. Greg Gabriel, how are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. You went out to the gym this morning and got your workout in. Uh, how are you feeling? I feel good. Not ready for uh, and I, I, I didn't drink on St. Patty's Day because I'm no longer Irish after I lived, you know, <laughs> 70 years of my life thinking I was half Irish. And then I find out I'm only, you know, 12% Irish and 39 is, or 38% Scottish. So Is that right? So yeah. you did one of those uh, DNA? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, good for you. So, you know, I didn't celebrate St. Patty's Day like I always have. Got any f famous people in your bloodlines? Famous Scottish golfers or anything like that? I, should, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, you know, when I got the results, I, I, I think we said this weeks and weeks ago. When I got the results, my brother was president of some Irish league in Cleveland. Uh -huh. I sent him. I sent him a note. I said, "Resign. You're a fraud." <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Hey, let's not spread that around. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the business at hand. Of course, shocking news at first regarding Larry Ogunjobi. He failed his physical. And before we went on the air, you said that there's usually a little bit more to it than uh, meets the eye at times. Uh, explain that to our followers. Well, you know, I, I've seen guys put it this way. They're, they're more lenient with guys that are played in the league than you are with guys coming out of college. Mm -hmm. And so that, that tells me this is severe that it, you know, could have lingering effects, missed time. Maybe it wasn't a good surgery. You know, I, I I'm throwing darts at the wall. I, you know, I don't know for sure, sure. but you know, I, I know, and, I, and I'll give you, um, perfect uh, example when, when Garza was here, you know, Garza was was originally with Atlanta, and then he got signed by Baltimore as a free agent. And he got, and the same thing with Ogunjobi. He goes up to sign his contract, take his physical, and he he flunks the physical. Hmm. And then and the reason he flunked it is he had no ACL in his one leg. Oh wow! And he had had surgery, but I guess it disintegrated. Mm -hmm. And so. They brought him in here, and the doctors checked his knee. He hadn't missed time, and it looked like, you know, it, it had been a while since he had that ACL surgery, and it looked like he had been playing without an ACL for a while. And it turns out his legs were just so strong, he was able to compensate without an ACL. And he still never had it repaired again. There's just no ACL in his leg. And that's, he's a freak. I mean, you know, it's very hard, but it, it, it's, but the whole point I'm trying to, to make is, is that, you know, when you prove you can play in the league because of an injury, you know, they're going to be a little bit more lenient on passing a physical than normally than a kid say coming out of college. And, this tells me, like I said a few minutes ago, this probably a little bit more severe. Will he end up signing somewhere else? Probably. 
Uh, and in fact, the first thought on my mind was, is this a guy you go back to when he's totally healthy? But, you know, by, by, by that time, he'll probably have hard feelings because he got flunked in the first time and he got a pretty damn good contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now that's out the, you know, out the window. Sam Rush has a question. He asks, do teams ever accept the risk and sign players who fail a physical? He asks because he wonders if Ryan Pace did this with Pernell McPhee, who was really never healthy. Glad to see Poles did not make the same mistake. Um, I guess if the injury isn't too serious, with Pernell McPhee, they knew there was a knee injury there. and that uh, he, had, he had an arthritic knee. Yeah. And and you know, with with arthritis, it never gets better. It only gets worse. And but you you look at his history. Mm-hmm. Has he missed practice? Has he missed games and whatever? And if that's not the case, then you say, okay, we we can roll with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it turned out, he ended up missing a lot of time anyway. He was productive when he played, but he ended up missing. he's still playing in the damn league though. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and and. But he gets very limited reps. And if you're going to pay a guy as much money as they were going to pay Ogan Joby, you, you got to have him right. So, yeah. you know, if it, it was a, if, if it was a, you know, one year, one and a half million dollar deal or something like that, $2 million deal, chances are he might have, they might have passed him. But at that money, I don't think, you know, they're not, they don't want to throw money down the drain, especially when that was your first signing. Mm-hmm. Sam follows up with uh, another good question. He asked, is, is this bad for Ryan Pulse's reputation as a new general manager with agents? Do you see agents advising their clients, players to steer clear of signing with the bears as a result? Uh, I would think not, but what are your thoughts? No, I, no, I mean, the, 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 he's not going to be the first guy that's, come to an agreement on a deal and flunk to physical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, that's all part of the deal is, is getting through the medical. Right. And he had, and, and the thing is, is he hasn't played since he, if it is indeed the foot, he hasn't played since he had that injury in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my thought was, is maybe uh doctors said, hey, yeah, you know, this is not good. He'll probably miss the first half or maybe even three quarters of the season. And Ryan Pose then said, yeah, I'm not sure. I want to, I'm ready to my first major signing to sit out most of the season. So that could have happened. Yeah. You know what? They're not going to say, they just said he, he, he didn't pass a physical. Mm-hmm. So all the rest is, you know, throwing darts at the wall. We don't know, and they're not going to tell us. Yeah. Dan Wiederer uh, wrote that he thought it was a – and I'm paraphrasing here. He thought it would have been better if uh, polls would have addressed the media directly about the free agents that were acquired and uh, the Ogunjobi news. And I kind of agree with that because we the the Bears the staff needs to establish some transparency, and it would have been great for him to address questions about that, particularly since he had a plan B in place. Um, but at the same time, this is a very, very busy time for the general manager, and I can see him holding off until another week or so. Right. And, well, let's look at it this way. First of all, they found this out yesterday. This wasn't found out this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, they came in yesterday and he took a physical and, and they were going to do the pressers today. 
so they knew yesterday he, he didn't pass a physical. You don't announce a guy not passing a physical, and then 15 minutes later, it comes across the wire that they've already signed his replacement. It doesn't happen that fast. Mm -hmm. So uh, they've, they've been working on this one all night. Mm. Leo has a question. How much impact do scouts have on a general manager when pounding the table for a player? And I, I would think that this is about relationships, right? There are some scouts who have very good relationships with general managers, and there are some that don't. Uh, how much uh, do you, how, what can you tell us about relationships between scouts or excuse me, agents and general managers or scouts, excuse me? Um, you know, this year with them, I'm doing this based on, on my experience. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to find out how good or bad a scout is, or put it this way. That's not the wrong, right way to put it. Okay. It takes a while to find out the strengths and weaknesses of each scout, just like every player. He's got <laughs> strengths and weaknesses. There's some positions he can do good. There's some positions he can do poorly and so you don't have to do those positions um it's the same thing you know right now all these scouts that he um inherited so to speak mm -hmm. they're they're on audition right now so you know they're going to put their their best effort forward because once the draft's over they some of these guys could be out the door now they they didn't make a big announcement. They've already hired, brought in another guy who was at Kansas City mm -hmm. to be the assistant director of player personnel. I don't remember his name. So you've already got three decision makers between Ryan Poles and Cunningham and this guy they brought in from Kansas City. And I guarantee you, that's who he's listening to the most, himself and those two guys, because he doesn't really know what's here. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and yeah, is he going to listen? Of course he's going to listen, but it's how much impetus do they have in the, in each decision. Mm -hmm. And then, and you're going to listen to the coaches too, you know, especially if the coaches had previously worked with a guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Perfect example is equanimous um, or equanimous St. Brown. <laughs> he, he was at Green Bay with with Luke Getze. So Getze's been with him his whole career. So he knows what he is. Mm -hmm. Now, um, let's talk about the replacement for Ogunjobi, uh, so to speak. And uh, that is uh, Justin Jones, uh, who... At the 2018 Senior Bowl, when I first saw him, he wrecked havoc. He had an outstanding Senior Bowl and an outstanding college career. I've got a little uh, tape on him. It's hard to find tape of him as a Charger because he's had a couple of seasons where he was put on injured reserve with injury. So he's co he comes with his own injury background. But, yeah, but it, depends, it depends what it is. What you know, and what did you say? Shoulder? Shoulder, correct. Okay, well, I know I know for a fact some of these doctors don't worry that much about shoulders. They, yeah. You know, I've been in the room with them. I know, you know, I know, <laughs> I, know I know what their thinking is, and they've worked so, on you too. <laughs> and, and what you worry about is um, arthritic conditions, 
and joints, especially knees, things like that. Uh, instability in joints, uh, not healing properly, a bad surgery, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you got a, a labrum tear or something, they're like, yeah, fix it and they'll be fine. This is uh, some of that college tape of uh, Jones. Where's number 27 on these clips? Uh, he certainly has some quick moves at that three technique here, huh? Yeah, no, he, he's an explosive guy. Now, I'm not going to say he's the same as Ogunjobi. I, I thought Ogunjobi was a hell of a signing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it it's a punch in the gut that he uh, isn't going to be able to play for the Bears because he was an ideal three technique. Mm -hmm. and, and if there's one thing I know, I know this defense and I know, you know, I know how it works and I know what kind of players you need. This guy can also play the three. He's also explosive. He's, he's a little younger, a uh, little bit bigger, not quite as explosive, uh, but he'll be able to play it. But, you know, you, you, you look at the free agent list, I guarantee he was probably the next guy in line when they were looking to go out and sign a three because there's not a lot of guys who can play three or play three the way they want a three to be played. Right, right. You know, and, and now there's another guy out there, wouldn't shock me if, if they signed him. Uh, he's a free, currently a free agent. He's been with the Colts, but he was the backup three with the Colts. His name is Taylor Stallworth. So I'm just throwing that out. I, you know, I don't know what kind of interest they have, but Mario Edwards can play the three also. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you, if you listen to what the coaches say, they want to play a rotation on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. and, and that keeps guys fresh and actually can limit injuries. And so you got to have, you know, basically eight guys healthy going into each week, two, two edge players, two inside players. Mm -hmm. And if you can get a guy that can play two positions, then you can go in, you know, if you can get a guy that can play the, the one or zero technique and play the three um, and also a, a, a pure three, then you maybe get by with, with three guys on game day. Mm -hmm. And so, but you're still going to go with four outside rushers. Yeah. And Poza said he wants eight defensive linemen and them coming in and out. So uh, there's still more signings ahead. CJ Williams asked, do you think that perhaps they were going to sign both Jones and Ogunjobi? That would have been a nice rotation there at that three tech. No, I think that they were going to sign one. Cause I, I think, I mean, just from watching Mario Edwards the last couple of years here, he's he can play the three. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not a big 320-pound guy. He's a 300-pound guy, and be, it, he can be less than that if you want him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got that explosive quickness that you need. The key to that position is you've got you to be able to penetrate and disrupt. Mm -hmm. You know, so... It, it's very important that you can get off the ball quickly. Just think of Tommy Harris. Tommy Harris was an ideal three technique. And, and so that's what you're, you're looking for. Mm -hmm. now, and just to be clear, uh, Jones had a shoulder injury one season and an ankle injury the other. And um, this is just fan talk on uh, social media, but apparently a lot of Chargers fans thought he was pretty good at stuffing the run. So uh, that uh, might be encouraging, but we'll have to take a look at tape. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's as good. If you look at the numbers, he's not as good as pass rusher 
mm-hmm. as Ogunjobi was, mm-hmm. but he's got the skills. A lot of times pass rush has to do with hand use. And so is there something you, you've got to improve with your hand use? And that's going to, you know, go on to the defensive line coach. And, and the new defensive line coach is a protege of, of uh, Marinelli. And that's what Marinelli is real, real big on is hand use. Mm-hmm. Um, does, uh, you still uh, are sticking to your guns that Akeem Hicks is not coming back to the Chicago Bears, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Highly. He, he, I, you know, I don't think he's a, a really a good fit in this scheme. Um, he's going to probably want more money than they'd be willing to give, even if he was. Uh, in all honesty, he might end up being a late signing somewhere. So he doesn't, because he's had injuries, he can still play. But it wouldn't shock me if he signed after the window where the, the you know, the, the compensatory picks are, are used, you know, so once that closes, then every guy you sign doesn't uh, get involved in the formula. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, second player uh, after the Ogunjobi signing was linebacker uh, Nicholas Morrow from the Raiders. And uh, there's a lot of good reports out of this guy. Very aggressive, very active. Do you foresee him being the middle linebacker in this 4-3 defense? You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the might or the will. And go back to when the coaches had their original presser. Mm-hmm. And they're talking, uh, and, and Flus goes, well, I don't, they asked him about Roquan. He goes, well, I don't know right now if he's going to be the might or the will. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at, at this guy, he can play either position. He's not big. He's about 225. Very, very fast, mm-hmm. but he hits like he's 250. Yeah. Very explosive. Yeah. Great in coverage, which is what you got to have now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you look at, at uh, the Colts linebackers, you know, Leonard is a all pro Will linebacker. He's 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. They might list him at 230, but he's 230 when he comes to camp. And, and th- you know, then he, he played a lot of his college career, 215, 220. He's a tall, lanky guy. And, you know, in, in today's game, and especially in this scheme, you need speed and coverage ability. Mm-hmm. And that's what Roquan and this guy can do. Now, somebody said he played Will at, at, the, uh, at the Raiders. You know, there's not a big – because you're going to be a nickel a lot, Mm-hmm. So you're only going to have two linebackers to begin with. There's not a big difference between the will and the Mike, hmm. as far as what they're being asked to do. Okay. So, you know, they're 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 both going to be productive. I, I, and I didn't know much about this guy because he, he didn't play last year. He had a ankle or something, and. Uh, he was ready to come back and then they, they never brought him back, you know, especially, you know, everything was going downhill with the Raiders last year after Gruden got fired. Mm-hmm. And so they just, when he was ready to come back, they didn't bring him back, but he, just watching the tape, he's a guy, you know, he's a D three player and mm-hmm. in, in college. So mm-hmm. he's grown since he's been in the league. He's learned how to play the game 
And one thing you got to have to play linebacker in this scheme is really good instincts. And that's the thing that jumps out about this guy. Yeah. Extremely extinctive. You, uh, do you think that there is still uh, room for the Bears acquiring an Alec Ogletree, who I think we've talked about in the past might be a good fit uh, in this scheme, this 4-3 scheme? Um, maybe. I mean, you know, people keep asking me who's going to be the Sam. And I, I don't know. Because it, 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 he's the least important person on the field in this defense, especially because you're, you're going to be 75 to 80% of the downs you're going to be in sub. So you're going to have a, a, a fifth defensive back in there, be it a safety or a corner. And it's going to be the two linebackers. So really, I, I, I think it almost becomes irrelevant. Who's the Sam. He could be the, the third best linebacker and, and play him in that position when they do in fact play a Sam, mm. which is going to be rare. Yeah. Okay, after the signing of Morrow, it was announced that Green Bay, former Green Bay Packers offensive lineman Lucas Patrick signed with the Bears a two-year deal, $8 million, $4 million uh, guaranteed, and uh, took a look at some of the uh, tape that was published on social media. He looks like a very, very aggressive <laughs> offensive lineman, and we like that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, no, he, you know what? He's a typical Green Bay lineman. <laughs> he's dirty and he holds a lot? <laughs> No, he's he's athletic. He's got that kind of blocky build. Uh, he's strong. He finishes. Uh, he can play two positions. It was announced today he's going to be center, and that's what I thought. He, he played. He started fourteen games at center this past year, and pretty, played pretty damn good. And the center, and, and it, it, you go back to previous conversations we've had. Uh, the center is, is the glue of your, your offensive line. You know, he's making all your line calls. Uh, he's the leader just about, you know, go back and, and, and think of uh, Olin. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you get a vocal, intelligent guy on top of a physically good. But this guy's a physical football player. Mm -hmm. You know, and for the money they got him for, hell, this it's a hell of a signing. Yeah, really. Um yeah, and I, I, I love having that aggressive, uh, mean streak center like the in the Olin Crutes uh, mold, and uh, this guy could fit it. And it, it looks this like guy's a lot bigger than Olin now. He's got he's he's probably an inch and a half taller, and twenty pounds heavier. Mm. Interesting. And maybe not quite as athletic, mm -hmm. but he's he's nasty. Mm. And you know, coming from Duke, he's smart. Yeah, exactly. Is there any value at all when a player comes from another organization that he could share information about? These are some of the uh, schemes that the Packers run. Uh, uh, can this coaching staff lean on Patrick for intel, or is that overblown uh, when people talk about that? Well, Getsy would know more than <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. Of course. Bing. <laughs> Never mind that question. Well, you head, boy. <laughs> Oh, well, let's move on. Uh, who else did they acquire? Let's see. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Now, yesterday uh, you said, I want to talk about this guy. And why don't you uh, find some video from his days at Notre Dame? Because 
uh, that could show his potential as opposed to what he did as a pro, because frankly, what he did as a pro wasn't very impressive. He only had one touchdown in his career with the uh, Green Bay Packers. He never caught more than 21 passes. And that was his, that was his rookie year. His rookie I mean, year. He was, I, let's face it, Green Bay has a pretty good receiving core. Yeah. And they've remained relatively healthy. So he was, you know, a four or five mm-hmm. in their rotation. I had his name down as a possibility. I had Velda Scantling ahead of him uh, because of that big playability. But this is a player, you know, I've always been a Notre Dame fan. I've seen every snap this guy has played in college. And he, let me put it this way. He's, he, I, I think as a pro, now part of it could be that he just wasn't better than the guys in front of him. Right. And, and he's, he's ready to play. He just needs the opportunity. But I've also looked at him as being a little bit of a underachiever because he's got immense physical talent. He's big. He's six, five, he's 215 pounds. He'll run in the four fours all day. Uh, You know, can jump out of the building. He's got big hands. His dad was a former Mr. Universe. And so all these, all the kids in the family are, are big weightlifters. They're, they're fitness fanatics, but also, and, and again, this goes back to when his days are days at Notre Dame. I think he had a little bit of entitlement to him mm-hmm. where, he, where he came from. And so um, thought he's a little better than he is uh, left early, probably should have stayed one more year, even though he had a very productive final year at Notre Dame, he still left, left a little bit early. And, you know, you watch some of the difference. I, I, I saw one tape from green Bay where it showed a lot of practice tape where, you know, especially working on routes and breaking down at, at the, uh, at the point of the pass route to, to break. And he, and he does a lot better job now of lowering his hips, getting into a break than he did in college. And that's just little stuff that you learn once you get to uh, the pro level. But, you know, talent-wise, I mean, this guy coming out of Notre Dame, and you'll see some of it here, he had the uh, the talent to be a starter in the National Football League. As you can see there, he can run. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. He's he's real strong. And on top of that, like I say, he's big. He's 6'5". Mm-hmm. So got good hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've always liked the player. I just felt that I don't know if he's got his head. And I'm saying this. I, you know, I, I don't personally know him. Mm-hmm. But from watching him so much at, at Notre Dame, I just think that, you know, there was some entitlement there with him. And he, he wasn't quite as good as he thought he is. Because, I mean, he could be great mm-hmm. if he really sets his mind to it. And maybe – you know, having to sit behind all those guys at Green Bay, he, you know, got humble a little bit, mm-hmm. got a little hungry. But and here's a key thing: to now his brother comes in last year, gets uh, selected what second, third, fourth round by by Detroit last year. Yep, catches ninety balls as a as a rookie, <laughs> and his brother is not the athlete this guy is. Mm-hmm. This guy is a better, he's a better prospect, better athlete. Uh, 
Yeah. In fact, I, I was watching the, the pro day, and we might have talked about it going into the draft last year. But to me, his brother looked a little stiff in the hips <laughs> and not real fluid getting in and out of the, his cuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you see the production he got this year of 90 catches. Well, I'm thinking, you know, knowing myself and, and, and know the competitive nature I have, that if my brother really came into the league and did that, I'd be busting my ass to show little brother that you still ain't as good as me. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know, so it, it, it's, it, it, it'll be interesting. Obviously Getsy knows him. Mm-hmm. I, you know, do I think they wanted Veldez Scantling first? Yes. Uh, is that still a possibility? Yes. But with Devonte Adams gone, I think, you know, the Green Bay will put the full court press on Velda Scantling to get him to re-sign with the Packers. The other uh, guy here they want to go after is Juju, which people here wanted. But both of those guys, Velda Scantling and Juju, want pretty good money, like north of $10 million a year. Ooh. And I don't think either deserves that, but when you see how screwed up the wide receiver signings were, after Christian Kirk got that totally out of whack contract, mm-hmm. and that not not only Christian Kirk, but Zay Jones, mm-hmm. and both of them by Jacksonville, you know, it's like what the hell are they thinking? Zay Jones is a five any day of the week, and they gave him what eight million dollars a year, seven and a half million dollars a year. Crazy. He, he's a guy, and he can't play special teams. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, by the way, uh, years ago, there was a Real Sports uh, feature, Real Sports with Brian Gumble on HBO, uh, a feature on the St. Brown family. And uh, you mentioned that his father is a weightlifter. And this guy has really worked with his two sons to get them to be premier athletes. Yep. And, and he's also a bit of a showman. I mean, he changed the family name to St. Brown and gave his kids these uh, extravagant names, for lack of a better way of putting it. That's right. Mr. That's Mr. St. Brown. They're, those are the three sons. And he's he just worked at uh, really building their confidence and building their physical skills and so forth. Um, th- th- you obviously knew this because you spent time uh, scouting the, the St. Browns, right? Yeah. No, I, I and, and I'll tell you, the dad looks skinny there. The, the, you could probably dig up a picture when he was uh, Mr. Universe and probably filled with juice. Mm-hmm. I'll get I'll get sued for that probably. <laughs> I'll pass that on to you. But you know he was huge. I mean mm-hmm. he looked like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh-huh. and 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 that's what you got to look like to to win Mr. Universe. But yeah, these kids there's there's no problem with their work ethic. Yeah, it's you know w- with Equinemius there's 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 something missing. Uh, and and maybe it's not missing. Like I said, maybe he just wasn't good enough to beat out the guys in front of him at Green Bay, and the guys in front of him at Green Bay were all pretty damn good. Yeah, indeed. I, I actually, I, I think I have a picture of man. You talk about juice. Holy cow! Uh, uh, for some reason, I'm not being allowed to transfer it, but I'll, I'll I'll try to get it up later. But yeah, this guy's got muscles on top of muscles, and uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he looks like a guy that's going to win Mr. Universe. Indeed. Uh, okay. Uh, Byron Pringle, the wide receiver who was with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, he was one of my favorite targets on the list. list and of- mine. 
tell us why you like him. You know, I think it's a guy who's just starting to come into his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, played in a terrible program at Kansas. Uh, took him some time to, you know, learn a, an NFL route tree and stuff. But the last two years he's come on, and especially last year, you know, he, he was their, their number two receiver by the end of the year. Yeah. And uh, this guy, he's got good size. He's over six feet. He's over 200 pounds, and he can run. I mean, you watch the highlight. I don't know if you dug up any highlights, but this guy, after the catch, he's very good. He can get deep. He catches the ball in traffic. He's got good run after. And there's nothing that you don't like about him. And, you know, while he was earning his way to the top, he was a really good special teams player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got uh, some clips of him here. Uh, and you, yeah, like you said, you talk about speed. This guy has it. Uh, here he is, uh, uh, the tail end of catching a touchdown. But there's more more clips coming up. Um, and, and he's got he's got a um, a very confident. Well, most wide receivers too, right? Uh, here here he is. Uh, uh, accepting contact from the Philadelphia Eagles safety. Here he is in the, in the red zone uh, off a play action pass. Um, of course, we hope that Justin Fierce can get that kind of protection. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, no, about that route. Uh-huh. If you can go back to the beginning, sure. He's originally doing like a, a corner route, mm-hmm. but uh, the quarterback gets, you know, he has to go and work his way out. Uh, you know, from pressure and he comes back to the middle or towards the inside from his original uh, route. You'll see, you see him at the top here and then it's going to break off, but see he's there. And now he comes back to Mm -hmm. work himself open. And that's, that's what we call a sight adjustment Mm -hmm. and being aware of what's going on on the field. Yeah. Here it is one more time. He's at the top of the screen. Uh, he'll go to the corner of the end zone and then make the adjustment as Mahomes scrambles to try right. to uh, buy some time. Yeah. Mahomes is trying to keep the play alive. Mm-hmm. See, he's covered there. Yeah. And then he takes it and he comes back and now he works his way open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this signing. This could be, this could be big. Yeah, uh, this, this one, this one excited me. I had a group of, of guys that I, you know, I knew they weren't going to, spend the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, going into this process, I didn't think uh, Juju and, and Velda Scantling were going to be asking for as much money and they still hadn't been signed. So they might, you know, they might not get it. Mm-hmm. The, the wide receiver market has been very, very, very slow, but Pringle was really like my number two guy. Well, it's good to have him on board. Uh, by the way, I, I understand that the Chicago Bears are holding press conferences today with the new signees. We'll make sure on this weekend uh, to share some of that with our audience and discuss it with some of the members of the Barfly Tailgate Show and other members of the Barroom Network. Um, so uh, what what are your impressions about the losses of, uh, of players from the Chicago Bears? You know, we're talking about Eddie Goldman, Khalil Mack, uh, Bilal Nichols, Allen Robinson, some, you know, these guys are all big names. You know, Bilal Nichols, not as much as, as the other ones I've mentioned, but uh, there is a complete house cleaning going on here at uh, at Chicago's Hallis Hall. Uh, and, and the polls plan appears to be a just a blow up the entire roster. 
Well, obviously, he didn't like it that much. Yeah. Uh, and and on top of that, and it's even more than like and dislike, it's finding guys that are fits. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've talked about this before. I, I thought Bilal Nichols could probably play the three in this scheme. But the coach is looking at him, and, and now he's got he's got a knee issue. Mm-hmm. And he missed. Go back and you watch, you know, through the practice the last couple of years. He's only practicing one day a week. Mm-hmm. He was almost every single week. And so, you know, how bad, what is the issue? Now, I we don't know exactly what the issue does, but the medical staff does. The medical staff hasn't changed. And so, you know, if they're saying going forward, you know, it, let's assume it's an arthritic condition. They don't get better. They only get worse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's probably, you know, we're going to pass on this guy. Let him go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Goldman, not a fit. And and then there's questions of, does he really love football and how much money he was making? Mm-hmm. And they've got other guys that actually, when, when, when you look at the tape from last year, are more productive. Like yeah. in Blackson. And, and so I think they just decided, look at it. There's guys we just don't want. Cohen does not surprise me. He, he's played two games in two years, mm-hmm. you know, and most people come back, you know, no later than a year from an ACL and, and he's missed almost two complete seasons he hasn't signed with anybody yet. Who knows? I mean, maybe he's done. Mm. Um, Robinson didn't get, you know, that was a divorce. He wasn't coming back. Yeah. And, and and that had a lot to do with the agent and uh, A-Rob's um, relationship, let's put it that way, with not necessarily Nagy, but more pace. And then the, the contract guy, Joey Lane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they, they didn't get along. Wasn't going to happen. In fact, I, I, you know, I think the best thing they did was get rid of Joey Lane. Um, <laughs> Cause there's a lot of agents who just didn't like him. Yeah. Um, thought he was kind of crude and rude and arrogant. So, you know, I, I, the the one guy they signed, the the linebacker Morrow, mm-hmm. his agent is is Brian Arolt, who I know very very well, fellow Buffalo guy. Or originally, he's a Buffalonian. Mm-hmm. He was a quarterback at the University of Buffalo, and Brian was uh, Arolt is is Roquan's agent also. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I got to give him a call and just say. How different was the negotiations? Oh, that would be great to know. Yeah, you know, because um, you know, I know for a fact he was not a Joey Lane fan. Yeah, well, uh, and that's not the first time you've mentioned that here. So uh, it'd be interesting to uh, talk to agents who have had to deal with Joey. Not that that matters anymore, but it, uh, hopefully, I mean, he, he's gone. But um, I know that was a problem. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't leave a residual effect. You know, sometimes uh, people still kind of carry a grudge with an organization. Because no, I don't know, because you got you got somebody else doing it. And, 
you know, I think during the transition, and I don't know if he's doing it now, so I'm throwing a dart at the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, Cliff may be in, been involved somewhat in some of these early negotiations because mm-hmm. the new guy is is obviously new with this. He came from the management council, very experienced guy from the management council. Um, but one thing universally you know about Cliff Stein, He's really well respected and well liked by the agent community. Mm-hmm. And he was an agent, and, and no part of the reason, he was an agent himself. Before oh. we hired him, we, he came in a year after we came in. So not quite a year, really, like seven months. And he, you know, he, he always handled himself. He's an attorney, always handled himself in a very professional way. But being that he was an agent himself, he, he knew a lot of these people, but he just, the way he deals with people is in a very professional way. He's never condescending. He's always polite. Now he's a tough negotiator, but so what? Right. You know, to go, I mean, you're supposed to be tough. You can't yeah, be, a, yeah, you can't let people walk all, walk all over you, exactly. but it, it, it's the way you deal with people. Um, speaking of dealing with people, uh, Robert Tanyan, the tight end with the Green Bay Packers. I'm not sure how this makes that segue made any sense at all, but Ian Scott is saying, do you have any thoughts on the free agent tight end Tanyan? Now he suffered an ACL injury back in October. There was a report from Sports Illustrated about, uh, eight, nine days ago that, uh, his rehab was going well and that he was expected to be ready for the 2022 season. Uh, but he is a free agent. Uh, any thoughts on Tanyan, perhaps maybe uh, being a Getsy favorite and coming to the Chicago Bears? Uh, you know, that'd be interesting to see. He's he's a polar opposite mm-hmm. from Komet. You know, mm-hmm. Komet's that pure Y where uh, Tanyan is a move guy. Right. You know, can play in, in, in the slot and be flexed out. So, uh, he's not a guy you want lining up at the end of the uh, line of scrimmage and be a, a strong blocker because that's just not his game. But right. he is a very good receiver, but he's coming off an ACL. You know, have you ever heard of a guy that didn't have a good surgery? They always say, you know, first thing you come out of the, the room, oh, yeah, it was a great surgery. Especially when they're free agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely you gotta the doctor's gotta take a look at that mm-hmm. and then you see how he's doing in his rehab so i mean a perfect example is is um Tariq cohen mm-hmm. you remember after his surgery oh it was great he'll be back yeah how many <laughs> two years later he isn't back yet yeah i feel terrible for uh Tariq, but yeah that uh that's unfortunate he probably re-hurt that uh, uh that acl or had some other injury to compound things. Now, Tanyan did catch 11 touchdown passes uh, two seasons ago, the 2020 season. So he was an Aaron Rodgers favorite in the red zone. Um, He doesn't have the speed uh, that, uh, you know, you see with top tight ends now. So yeah, he's a complimentary piece. He's not somebody who will come in here and, uh, and immediately make you think that we've signed George Kittle or somebody like that. No, but you know I, that that still remains to be seen. You know, I I think you 
you put that on the back burner and if he's signed down the road, fine. If he's not, so what? I mean, you know, they're going to probably, if he's ready to go, Green Bay's going to do all they can to bring him back. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, their other um, tight end is older than I am. <laughs> you know, Mercedes, little shit, I took that guy out to dinner when his draft, and that was a long time ago. I haven't been with the Bears in 10 and a half years. Ah, that's hilarious. Holy cow. <laughs> um, all right, let's address some of the questions that I've collected during the course of the show. Um, Mule Skinner probably has the best question, and he asked it very early on. He asked, is there a difference between the Scots and Irish? They're kissing cousins. <laughs> yeah, there's a, what, 50-mile difference between the that's right. northern part of Ireland and the southern part of Scotland? <laughs> Just a little straight in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not funny i i think they're very similar but yeah you know I, I i when i found this out i just said yeah well either way i'm a drunk i guess <laughs> that's right a drunk who loves golf <laughs> you know either like irish whiskey or scott <laughs> i love it i love it cj williams wanted to know about uh, landon collins the honey badger uh any thoughts on you know maybe one of those guys pairing with eddie jackson well, if you look at what's been done, I mean, they, these guys are good football players. And I haven't studied Landon Collins in the last couple of years. So how much gas is left in the tank, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Honey Badger's a, a pretty darn good player. Not very big as safeties go, but, you know, he directs traffic and, and he's very smart. But they're going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And what have you seen from these guys? They don't want to spend money. I think right now, and it's not that they're being cheap. They got a plan. Yeah. And the plan is really, and, and fans probably don't want to hear this, but it's it's pretty obvious to me, is lay the foundation this year. Mm-hmm. And, and they're trying, the guys they're going out to get are hungry guys. Mm-hmm. Guys that want the opportunity. Go back, a perfect example. When Akeem Hicks was signed, mm-hmm. he didn't get a big deal. He got three million bucks. That's right. Okay. And he was a rotational defensive tackle. He actually got run out of New Orleans because Sean Payton thought he was lazy mm-hmm. and then goes to New England and, and gets a little better, but still wasn't a full time starter. He was more of a rotational player and, you know, comes here and becomes one of the best defensive tackles in football. Mm hmm. So uh, this is, I think, how you can equate some of these signings and, and that they're, and, and, you know, going back to Hicks, part of it's maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little older, you like that money that you're making, and you find out what, it, what you have to do to be a pro. And, you know, maybe a guy like St. Brown, that's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the light's going to come on and you go, wait, I, in order to be make some money, I got to do this. And I'll tell you, the money's there. Look at what Jamal Adams got yesterday. Yeah. $28 million a year. That's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just a huge contract. Christian Kirk, that was ridiculous, that contract. But he's get he's getting 18 plus a year. He's getting franchise tag money, mm-hmm. and I think he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the guy I wouldn't mind having. Okay, 
but he's going to cost money and he's got a little pain in the ass to him. Mm-hmm. Is Beasley, who Buffalo just cut yesterday? Yeah. Oh, my God. To me, best slot in the game. Well, and uh, the Bears said that they have studied what second-year quarterbacks need the most, and that is a dependable receiver that you can get the ball to during stressful situations, third and nine and, and stuff like that. That's, and that he's a move-the-change guy. Now, he can run, yep. but he's a slot. He's only 5'7", mm-hmm. but he's a you know strong 5'7". Yeah. And he catches everything. He gets in and out of cuts – very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. He's impossible as far as I'm concerned to to uh, cover one-on-one. 82 catches each of the last two years. Now, he, he got dinged up, missed part of the last game. He was trying to get a 1,000 yards reception in that last game, got dinged up. This was in the 20 season. And last year, he also missed a couple games. But he still caught 82 balls each time. Mm-hmm. And, and he was really the go-to guy for the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. you know, and they needed a play. They needed a first down. They threw the ball to uh, Beasley, but you know, Beasley's going to cost some money. And I don't, I, I don't want to say he's got a hole to him, but he, he's a little, he's a little different. <laughs> he's got a hole. To him. <laughs> no, he, he's um, a little political. Yes, he is. <laughs> and uh, he, he refused to get vaccinated, which caused some problems. Yeah, that could have been why maybe Buffalo didn't bring him back. They were kind of upset with that whole relationship. But who who knows? Uh, but I wouldn't mind. Soccer can play. I'll tell you what. Guy can play. Yes, indeed. That's you know, that's and, and he's a winner. So when you look at it from that standpoint and, and you got a guy that you need, you need a player that the quarterback can trust. Mm-hmm. You can trust him. But in saying that, does he fit the profile of what this coaching staff wants? What's the offensive coaching staff wants? Because if you look at Green Bay, where Getsy came from, they had all big guys. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, it- and the two guys they signed were big guys. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I still think, you know, people think they're going to take a, a, a receiver in the second round. Mm-hmm. I'm now, it remains to be seen. I still think they sign one more vet and maybe you, and and it's a deep receiver class. And then you take a, a receiver down the road. That's a little bit more developmental, but has some strong traits, Mm -hmm. but I, I just, and, and the third round, maybe I'm just thinking right now, based on signing so far, and there'll be more, there might be five more for all we know, but I, they haven't seen him sign a corner and been- corners and you, you, you gotta pay some money. There's one corner yep. that I would have liked that they showed some interest in. He didn't get a ton of money. He got 4 million a year for two years uh-huh. from Pittsburgh. And that was uh Levi Wallace played with yeah. Buffalo last year. Uh, you know, it was an undrafted free agent who once he got on the field, wasn't coming off. Yeah, I was, uh- and, and played very, very sound. You know, that was the guy, but does he do, does the strength of his game play into exactly what um, Eberflus wants to do on defense? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I was talking to Ballard the other night and 
And was he MFing the contract some of these guys have got? You know, the wide receivers? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he said, yeah, basically this scheme is is, is similar to the scheme that, that Lovey played, but it's a lot more in-depth. He said Flus does a lot more than Lovey ever thought about doing. With, you know, it's a lot more complex than the uh, – even though the base scheme is the same, the, the complexities of this defense are a lot more than what we had when Lovey was here. Mm -hmm. By the way, um, I wanted to show you that photograph of John Brown, uh, Equinemius's dad. Uh, this is how you look like after you get out of the gym, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> look at that. That is juice on top of juice on top of juice. <laughs> yeah, and then look at then look at the pictures of him that you had earlier working with his kids. Exactly, he's probably a hundred pounds lighter. <laughs> Definitely. All right, let's tackle some more of the questions collected here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, who <laughs> this is probably because of a battle going on in the chat room, but uh, uh, who's worse, the Jets or the Detroit Lions? <laughs> we got Don Burr, uh, nicknamed Don Bear in the chat room. He's the ardent uh, Lions fan, always representing his team. But uh, those are two of the worst teams in the National Football League. Um, uh, the, the Lions were real big on getting a Rob, and then they they signed um. Who the hell they? Oh, they got Chark. Mm -hmm. DJ Chark. I, I, that, that was a that was a surprise. I thought Chark was looking for some money. He gets a one year ten. I mean, ten million isn't cheap, but he only gets a one year deal. Mm -hmm. But you know, I wasn't as high as a lot of other people were. Chark and Kirk, I was not as high on as a lot of the other guys. I just thought there was something missing. And, and when I was talking to Ballard the other night, he goes, "You know, we we played." Arizona in the last game of the year. And he goes, we sure as hell didn't think we had to stop Kirk to win that game. Mm -hmm. You know, or it wasn't the last game of the year. It was near the last game, you know, it was a day after Christmas or something. He goes, so, you know, he, he, he just like, there's no way. In fact, we, we brought up Beasley in that conversation uh -huh. and we both said, Kirk ain't one tenth as good as Beasley. As a slot receiver. Yeah, wow. You know, now, now Kirk has got the physical traits that say he should be, but he can't run routes and catch the ball like, like Beasley can. Mm -hmm. All right, more questions. Uh, Teron Armstead is, is uh, clearly the best left tackle out there. Uh, his, he's still out there in the market, which is a bit surprising. Do you think it has anything to do with his injury issues from a year or two ago? No, he's waiting to see what happens with uh, Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay. And if Deshaun Watson signs with the Saints, Saints, they'll be able to work out a deal. What they'll do is they'll restructure Deshaun Watson's deal so they can open up a ton of, you know, instead of getting like the $36 million he's supposed to do, they'll turn most of that into bonus. And then they'll have cap space to be able to sign Armstead. But the the one thing Armstead's going to cost twenty million, mm -hmm. or pretty or pretty damn close to it. And he is one of the best left tackles in the league, and extremely athletic. He has missed a couple games just about every year. 
-hmm. nothing real serious, but he does get, get nicked up, but watch his play. God damn. When he plays, he is really, really good, but still, I just don't get the feeling this group wants to spend that kind of money on one particular player. Mm -hmm. You know, now could they? Yeah. I mean, because he's a difference maker. Right. Um, you know, we'll have to see. And, and, and now it sounds like nothing's going to happen as far as Deshaun Watson. I watch it. You know, as soon as we end the show, he'll pick his team. Of course. <laughs> but they, they push things off, you know, just showing that Atlanta pushed off the, the um, uh, roster bonus mm -hmm. for Matt Ryan till Tuesday was supposed to be uh, today. Or yeah, that means that you know things are are still going. And somebody said Saints are sixty million. No, they're under the cap right now. They have to be under the cap. Yeah. And and they've and they've restructured other. They restructured a bunch of deals mm -hmm. on Wednesday to get under the cap, and they'll be able to stay that. They'll be right at the limit with Watson, but then if you convert salary to um, signing bonus, then you'll have money to give mm -hmm. Armstead. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of really good questions regarding draft prospects, but here's what I'd like to do with that. I'd like to pose those to Greg as uh, in the month of April, once he's had a chance to look at more tape and stuff. Uh, Greg, uh, for many years, wrote the draft Bible for Pro Football Weekly. I have every issue stacked up uh, over there in the corner. And I know that uh, because Greg is not writing that draft Bible, he's, he's enjoying life a little bit more. So uh, not watching as much. I tell you something, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I bet for, it is. For, for about four months, that is a ton of work. Yeah, and to do it with the publication deadline that you had, that was like, wow. No, well, the one bad thing that I kept complaining about was we had to have it done before the combine. Exactly. Because they wanted it on the newsstands right. the first week in March. Yeah. And yeah. I, then I kept complaining about it. I said, mm. yeah, but I mean, you don't even have verified measurables. So you have nothing from the combine. Mm -hmm. So then we decided that one year, that was 2017, mm -hmm. we did an update where we had some of the verified things and I was able to change reports. And I was always doing, you know, changing reports online so you could get it online. That was cool. Yes. I but you that. but but you weren't able to get it in the hard copy. Mm -hmm. And I don't like being semi-wrong with anything. Mm -hmm. So you know things change once you get all the information. You know, no draft board in the, in the National Football League is in cement until a few days before the draft. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. So if I'm writing this book in January and February, how the hell am I going to be totally accurate? Because I don't have all the information. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things uh, I'm sure that you did uh, during the combine and uh, immediately afterwards is you, you collected information from people in the industry, uh, people that you relied on about how player interviews went and uh, and so forth. And, and that all accounts 
as the part of the scouting process. But nonetheless, I am collecting the names uh, that have been posed. And so uh, I will share those with Greg in the next week or two. He'll do a little homework on some of these guys, and then we'll do a really detailed evaluation of some of the big names that you guys have uh, offered up here. So I want to get to Mr. Inglewood's question. How did the Packers get more for Devontae Adams than the Bears got for Khalil Mack when they come out in the very same draft and have very similar accomplishments? Um, well, one was it was just a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. And so now you you're, you took that franchise and, and Green Bay hadn't converted. They gave him a new contract. They gave him a whole new contract. Okay, Adams has been relatively durable throughout his career. He is the best receiver in the game. But here's part of it, too, is that the money the Chargers had to take on Mm -hmm. for a guy that's 31, 32 years old now. And, you know, he was a five-year player at, at the University of Buffalo. He redshirted a year. Mm-hmm. And has had injury situations, missed what six or seven games last year. Right. You know, he, he misses a ton of practice time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think, it, and it's two different positions. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, the, you know, the Raiders, it's why I don't like Josh McDaniels. I, I I don't think it was necessarily a smart trade, but you know, Josh McDaniels failed in Denver for doing stupid things and maybe he's going to fail with the Raiders too, but they got an owner who who wants to win and and he's going to let him do whatever the hell he wants. Mm -hmm. Um, And Adams has got a relationship going back to college with Carr. You know, that was his college quarterback at Fresno. Right, exactly. That's huge. Uh, uh, listening to, uh, oh, what's his name? Jerry Jones, who played with Rodgers and his good friends with Devontae Adams. He was on the uh, NFL Network yesterday, and he said he was in contact with Adams, and Adams was really upset about the franchise tag, plus he really wanted to play with Derek Carr. He really, really wanted to go out west. And then there's another report allegedly, and this was confirmed by agents, according to one reporter, that the Packers offered more than the Raiders, which is, for me, really hard to believe. Uh, But there is that report out there. But I don't believe uh, that. Yeah, I don't believe it either. I I think that's this is like too little too late trying to make. But how about this? Adams built a house right next door to Carr. Exactly. He really wanted to play with him. And I think he was. Well, tired. they're good friends. I mean, and that friendship goes back, you know, well over ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think he was tired of the Aaron Rodgers drama. Is he? Will he? You know, in that contract that he signed, Aaron Rodgers signed. You know, he can get out of that contract at any point. It's so flexible for Aaron to after one. If the Packers end up, you know, with a five An awful, awful contract for Green Bay. Awful. And if the Packers end up at 500 or missed the playoffs, whatever, Aaron could say, well, screw this. And while Devontae Adams, you know, would have been stuck uh, with a multi-year deal with, uh, with the Packers. So, um, so I, you know, I'm glad Adams is out of the division. What do you think 
Aaron Rodgers is going to look like as a quarterback without his trusty wide receiver. Well, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But still, when you when you take that big player, big play player away from him, mm-hmm. that's going to change his game a little bit too. Yep. But you're going to see the guy we both love, Lazard. You're going to see Lazard become about an 80 catch a year guy, but yep. he doesn't have the explosiveness that that Adams has. Right. Yep. If I, you know, I, I, I tell you now, Adams is you go back and you watch him in college. Mm-hmm. He is so much better now. I mean, there was he, he was good, but he wasn't great in college, mm-hmm. you know, and he wasn't the route runner that he is now. And, and you know, he became a pro. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot, but that part of it is is the maturity. And, and some of it is the atmosphere up in Green Bay, mm-hmm. you know, that that we're going to win type atmosphere and culture that they have. And that's, that's a, a strong culture. Yeah. Very strong. But I, I think, you know, with, with the Rogers thing, I, I think he, reality is he's really hurting the franchise more than he's helping them. I am and so somebody, somebody go after Chris Olave. Everybody loves Chris Olave right now. Who knows if they're going to go after Chris Olave? They got to take a receiver and maybe they got to take two, but because it's it's the assumption is Veldez Scantling is going to end up going back there, but if he wants ten plus million, they know what his real worth is. Are they going to give him ten plus million? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you one thing that concerns me about the Green Bay Packers is they have five picks in the first ninety six picks of this draft two in the first round two in the second and one in the third and so yeah they'll probably go after you know uh, maybe as part of that agreement with Aaron Rodgers is that they promised him hey we've got all these draft picks coming up you're going to get your uh, young wide receiver to work with and and hopefully establish a quick relationship but the one thing about Aaron Rodgers is that it takes him a while to build a report with wide receivers. If you look at the stats for Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and so forth, they were, you know, 40, 50, 50 reception, uh, which isn't bad. Uh, 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 they would uh, uh, get 40 to 50 catches a year for their first couple of years. And then it was after that, that all of a sudden they, they, they put up monstrous numbers. So, well, well if, if you look back, uh, Jordy Nelson's a good example. Jordy became the number one and and Adams was the number two. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, age kind of hit Jordy Nelson and Adams at that point of his career just took off, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Green Bay's probably thinking the same thing's going to happen with Lazard. Lazard doesn't have the, the physical attributes that, uh, that Adams has as far as speed Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, um, Velda Scantling has got his physical traits are rare, mm-hmm. but does he have everything else to take that next step? That's why I personally wouldn't want to give him 10 plus million because there's still too many unanswered questions. You could, you could have a bust with some of that. Then I want the guy, but I want him at the right price. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, you know, I, if, the agent, if I was negotiating a contract and the agent for Kirk said to me, well, it's going to cost you 18 million. I'd say, see ya. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. I, I can get three players for that. Yep. Um, got another question regarding uh, offensive lineman, Lael K. 
Collins, who was released by the Dallas Cowboys. Would you like to see the right tackle, right guard, be a member of the Chicago Bears? Well, he's a right tackle probably in these instance. He's probably in Cincinnati right now, and I guarantee he ain't leaving. Oh. You know, they, they set that visit up yesterday. He was flying there this morning. They have a huge need. They'll, they'll probably do whatever they have to do mm-hmm. to get that one done. Mm-hmm. Jimmy K says, and this is, of, of course, too early to answer. We don't really have a roster uh, in cement yet or anywhere near cement, uh, but uh, Jimmy was just interested. Do you think the Bears have a legit chance to make the playoffs? Well, the roster's only half full right now. I, I agree with you, although we don't, we're not going to know that. Yeah. I mean, could could they be a, a surprise like they were in Nagy's first year? Mm-hmm. You know, part of that was luck and the, and the defense came together. But, you know, you're going to have a lot of new parts with this team and, and they got to become a team. And that doesn't happen just like that. Yeah. You know, these guys got to learn to work together. Uh, the offensive line isn't done yet. I, you know, I still think they're going to sign one more veteran offensive lineman. Uh, I think they may sign one more veteran wide receiver. I'm not sure if they'll sign a corner because, I mean, the best corners are already gone and they get they got a ton of money. Are they just going to sign a guy to get a guy? And, and perfect example, Burns got like $2.5 from Seattle yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. You know, is he a $2.5 million player? No, he's he's – you know, the Bears were paying them the right figure last year, you know, and, and on a one-year contract. So, you know, I think I keep going back and I say it, but, I, you know, to me, the first, those two second-round picks right now, if things don't change, are going to be a corner and an offensive lineman. Mm. And I don't know what order. That's just what I think they'll be. And and then you're, and especially if they sign a third veteran receiver. And yeah, I know how strong the the wide receiver draft is, but because it's strong, you're going to get one later. Mm-hmm. Look where they got Mooney. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, there's a and Lazard was a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it still hurts that Lazard is staying with the Green Bay. But nonetheless, uh, well, they, when they put a second round tag on it, I knew oh, it was yeah. over. That's definitely, yeah, you tweeted that out right away. Um, Bradley Bozeman is getting a lot of love in the chat room, the center from Alabama. Who play, Who did he play with last year? Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bradley? I heard that he's not a fit, but they already signed the center. So you're 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 sticking to that. There's absolutely no way that Bears might be attracted to another center and then move Patrick to the right guard position. No, he's they, they sign, In fact, he said it today. Mm-hmm. I'm here oh, to play and, center. That's right. You're, you're absolutely right, man. My memory is shot today. <laughs> stop and you're that. younger than me. <laughs> yes. Uh, only in numbers. You are much younger in health. And but in you look you you look at the tape. Last year he played strictly center. I think he started 14 games at center. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn good play. Yeah, he did. Pretty. I, I think he gave up one sack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, um, that is our show for today. You got any final thoughts you want to share with your friends and followers? Anything happened in the hour and 15 minutes we were going? Uh, 
No, they're holding press conferences now, I believe, uh, but nothing noteworthy to comment on. So I will start getting you uh, names uh, to see if you can take a look at and collect some information. And in uh, the upcoming shows, we'll talk about some of these draft prospects and we'll continue to follow what's going on at Hallis Hall. The polls plan is clearly he's sticking to it. He's a very patient general manager. And for that, I give him a lot of credit. Uh, I've been using the analogy, Greg, that this is like when you're doing remodeling at home and everything now is a mess and you got to be really patient, but there's dust everywhere. You can't find your shoes. You can't do this and so forth. And that's what is going on. But you have your blueprint. Exactly. You got perfectly said. You got your blueprint and you're sticking to it. You got to be patient and hopefully this thing will work out for the Bears. Yeah. And and I, I get what a lot of the fans want. They want an instant turnaround. Mm-hmm. And and you could maybe do that by signing some big ticket guys. But in order to do that, you end up being in the same situation you are because some of those guys aren't going to work out and you're going to get into cap trouble down the road. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, like the Mac thing, Mac obviously can still play mm-hmm. and, and be a dominant player but he had great trade value. And so, and on top of that, Travis Gibson's came on. Mm -hmm. And Travis Gibson's what, 24 years old? Okay, so, and you got a guy 24 years old on a rookie contract who in part-time play put up seven sacks last year. Mm -hmm. Or is it eight? Something like that. And and so, you know, I, I, I think, that's part of it. You look at it and say, okay, let's get rid of the most expensive thing item we got mm-hmm. and, and take it. Cause here, here's how they're thinking next year that, you know, they, they got like $60 million in dead money or something this year yeah. when it's going to be all said and done. Some of that, you know, the, 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 the space for Tariq Cohen and, and Trevathan does not, come into play until June 2nd. Mm-hmm. So that that's between the two of them. That's another $7 million, $7.5 million, something like that. So that the Bears are going to see, uh, and that could be, and there will be some decent players on the street then. There always is. Yep. And they also, you got to have about $4 million in reserve to – Pay pay for this not for your draft choices to pay for the season because you're going to have signings. Oh yeah, guys are going to go down. You're going to have to sign guys during the year, and 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 you want to have money um, to do an extension if you have to. Mm -hmm. But still, what I think they're looking at is the dead money next year is going to be very very minimal, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have a ton of cap space. You got you got to redo Roquan. And, you know, probably some other guys. And, and so it's like, okay, look, what we're doing now is we're trying to put a team together and build a foundation for the future. Mm-hmm. And then as we're doing that, next year's the year we're going to be spending some money. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have the money to spend. But I, But what you're learning in this process, don't forget, these guys have been on the job for not even two months. That's right. And... 
they have not coached these guys for a second yet. Yeah. So you've got to learn about these players. Mm -hmm. You're going to find out who you like, who you don't like, who responds to the new scheme, who responds to the new coaches. And, and you're going to have a lot stronger and more educated opinion of your own team. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, that uh, cap is going to raise. The, the TV money kicks in next season. They haven't announced what the cap will be for the 2023 season. But I'm guessing, you know, every year before the pandemic, it would go up about $10 million. I'm guessing it's going to be a, close to double that. Uh, so there's going to be – Well, part of it, they, they – they, they took the losses of, of the pandemic and really spread it over a couple of years. That was part of the negotiation process. It went up over 20 million this year. Yeah. Uh, but don't forget it dropped mm -hmm. 10 million or 12 million last year, mm -hmm. you know, went down. So everybody was in the hole. We're not back to where we were supposed to be. Correct. Cap wise. But yeah, you're going to have a, a, a pretty big jump. I, you know, who knows if it's going to be double, if it's double what it is this year, that's $50 million. That's a, that's probably more. Or just a little under 50, you know. So, yeah. but still, I can't say I, I'm going to complain about anything he's doing. You know, it's, uh, I, you see on Twitter, everybody's frustrated. Why? Mm -hmm. First of all, free agency just started a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's players out there. They're, they're, they're not trying to get guys to be home running hitters. They want to hit a bunch of doubles mm -hmm. and they're not spending a whole lot of money. And the biggest money they spent, they didn't spend because he flunked a physical. Yeah, that's right. All right. I, I want to close the show. Uh, Tony, uh, I, I guess he wasn't here for the start of the show when I mentioned the Dan Weederer thing, but I would like to get your uh, comments on that. You know, you and I come from different backgrounds. You're a football man. You've played the game. You've been in the trenches. You've uh, uh, head, headed scouting departments. You've had uh, you've got a, 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 a true grit football background. I come from a communications background, working on strategic communications, working on videos, blah, blah, blah. I thought it would have been nice for the new general manager, Ryan Post, to address the media regarding the Ogun Joby thing and to say he failed his physical, but we've got uh, plans in place to proceed for, forward to provide a little transparency, given what has happened in the past where Ryan Pace would basically hide from the media when something went wrong. And so um, I, I kind of agree with Dan Weederer on that. What are your thoughts as a football guy? I, I got a feeling I know what you're going to say. Fuck you, Aldo. He's busy. <laughs> Let him well, that, that's, part, that's part of it. Uh, you know, he's, he's still trying to sign players. And you've got, you got a guy negotiating contracts you got calls out to agents, you know, so you're, you're, you're doing all that stuff. He put out a statement. The statement was fine. Mm -hmm. You know, we would have loved to have this guy. Unfortunately, he didn't pass the physical, mm -hmm. you know, and he's the type of guy we wanted. Well, if he came out and talked, he would have said the exact same thing. Agree or do you agree or disagree? I agree. I, I okay. totally agree, so, but it would have been nice to provide that sound clip as a 
communication strategists, you want to give the news stations that that video of him saying, basically saying what he said in 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 the statement. But I, I hear what you're saying. He's busy, and, and his his number one priority is not addressing the media. It's putting together a roster. But now I'll, I'll finish it with this. Before this, I mean, the, the statement saying he flunked a physical wasn't 40 minutes old when they already signed a replacement. <laughs> that was great. I okay, love so yeah. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Yes. You know, I mean, he, he's trying to make the team better. I, I think, you know, he'll say something um, when when they're done with the main part of free agency. I agree. You know, he, he'll have a presser and they'll talk about it. Uh, and then I'll have a, a pre-draft presser and he'll talk about that. And the one thing about pre-draft pressures I've gotten to know over the years, because I was part of a lot of them when I was here, it's all lies. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, don't, don't show your hand mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. And how the hell are you going to show your hand when you don't have a pick until the second round anyway? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're, you, what's happening then is you're hoping. You know, you're, you're thinking, okay, these guys are who are going to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. So now we got pick number seven in the second round. And then what's the other one? Number uh, 15 or whatever it is in, in, in the second round. And then they're going to, you know, hope that certain players are there. And there could be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of the, the planning strategy. And we'll get in, you know, how you do that. We'll, we'll get into that later and stay on. I want, I want to tell you something when we get off the air. Sounds good. And I see that your dog is over by the door. Uh, he He's was. probably telling me, dad, I got to go out. <laughs> Cause he was wagging his tail and that's usually a sign. So with that, uh, we'll call this one uh, a show. Gabriel talks football. We, we don't have a date for our next show, but we will uh, pick one out and let everybody know the best way to stay on top of what we are doing here at the bar room is of course, to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts, and we've got plenty of Bears coverage, but nothing as great as Greg Gabriel breaking it down for us. Thank you, Greg, very much, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Take care, everybody.